Welcome to Caregiver Saving Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping families who are caregivers of a loved one with a mental illness gain peace of mind. Even though this is a podcast focused on family caregivers of the mentally ill, much of the discussion can be helpful to any caregiver. Your host is Sandra, your caregiver nurse consultant who has a family caregiver, shares her passion for helping others and her lived experiences as a caregiver to provide education, support, and resources to other families. Sandra is a registered nurse and many of her guests are healthcare professionals. However, this is not a professional podcast nor will be associated with any mental health counseling or medical doctor. Please seek help with a professional provider if needed. that I had with Miss Ann Taylor and we were talking about sleep. So we're continuing on with our Back to Basics series of self-care and today we'll be talking about Back to the Basics of Self-Care and Sleep. And so I've talked to a lot of caregivers who have had trouble um, with sleep and for a lot of different reasons. Some of them have to get up with their loved ones at night. Some of them just have insomnia, maybe from worry or stress. Um, but whatever it is, they're, they're having trouble with sleep. Um, Back in episode 11, I don't know if you guys recall, Dr. Mitchell, the psychiatric pharmacist, she talked a little bit about sleep because one of the caregivers had a question, you know, about what, about different types of medications for sleep, but she talked about looking at your sleep hygiene first before you go to medication. So check out episode 11. It's towards the end of that episode. She talks about sleep hygiene a little bit, Um, but today's episode, we'll be talking about sleep. And sleep is important. Like a lot of times, you know, we just lay there and think, oh, I'm going to sleep. You know, sleep is a tight time to just rest and go to sleep. And But there's a lot going on in sleep. Um, I remember one of my pathophysiology books, it talked about sleep is a period of time, period of time of inactivity and rejuvenation of our mental and physical function. And so that's huge. There's a lot of hormonal changes that are going on during sleep. Um, I'm, I'm, you may have heard terms like melatonin, cortisol, growth hormone, um, different circadian rhythms, all of those things pertain to sleep. And so it's very, very important that um, we get enough sleep and not just sleep, but some really, really good sleeps and rejuvenating sleep. And so we're going to talk about that in today's episode. And so um, I can share with you a couple of things that that I do to try to help with my sleep because what happens with me is I lay down to go to sleep and then as soon as I lay down, I start thinking about all the things that I forgot to do that day. Um, And I'm like, okay, I'm remembering now, but why didn't I remember earlier today when I was supposed to remember to do them? But you know, it just, they start going around and around and around circle in my head. Um, Or I remember I start thinking about the things that I need to do tomorrow, or I think about things that I need to add to the grocery list. You know, oh, don't forget to put lettuce on the grocery list. Don't forget to add to your to-do list tomorrow to call and make a doctor appointment. And it just starts going round and round. And so what I do is I have a notebook and pen that I leave in my nightstand, like right in my arm's reach. And when all of that starts going around in my head, I just grab my notebook and I write it down. Don't forget to put lettuce on the grocery list. And I lay it back down. And then I think about something else and I write down don't forget to make a doctor appointment. And so basically I just keep doing that until all the things have popped out of my head onto the notebook. And so they're not swirling around in my head and I can just relax and go to sleep after that. 
Um, another thing I do is I, I do yoga and so I um, do Shavasana. So some of you may have heard of that or not, but a lot of times with Shavasana, most, most people know of it as a yoga asana, a yoga pose that you do at the end of your practice. Like if you go to a yoga class and you have an hour practice, hour and a half, what, what have you, and you do that at the end of your practice. But my yoga instructor has told us that it's something great to do before you go to sleep. You know, you lay there, you prepare yourself for sleep, you're getting ready. Shavasana is a perfect thing to prepare you for sleep. And so um, she says that Shavasana is the essence of stillness. So you may have heard of it called the corpse pose, um, corpse pose or the dead man's pose. And I guess that's why they call it that because of course a corpse is still, um, but it's the essence of stillness. You're supposed to try to be still and quiet your brain. And it's hard because our brains are meant to think, right? Like it's supposed to be thinking, but we want to try to quiet it down so that we can rest and relax and rejuvenate during our sleep. And hopefully one day I can get um, Yoga Land on here. She's an expert in Shavasana, an expert in in the breath and breathing and the healing of our breath. So hopefully she'll, she'll come on and join us one day and talk more about it. But anyway, with Shavasana, I literally, um, just lay down on my yoga mat and the pose is you're laying flat on your back with your arms and legs extended with your arms and legs spread slightly away from your body um, that's how we're laying and I normally put like I get like a really really small blanket and fold it up and put it under my head I don't want like a lot like a pillow but I just fold that up and put it under my head um, and for me because of my back and anyone else can do this I usually um, put a bolster under my knees and I don't have like a formal formal bolster. I just usually roll up a big fluffy blanket and put it under my knees. Um, I also, most of the time I put a blanket over me because I guess as I'm relaxing in Shavasana, sometimes I get a little bit cool. So I put a blanket over me and I put it over me before I start because it's easy for me to kick it off if I'm too hot or if I don't need it, then to put it on me when I'm doing Shavasana because Shavasana is like a meditation. And so I don't want to interrupt my meditation by having to stop and get a blanket and put it on me during Shavasana. And so um, while you're laying there, the way that I start off is I just take some cleansing breaths. You know, I just breathe in and out and just try to get myself in a good place, just breathing in and out. And then I usually think of um, the last thing that made me smile or something that put a big smile on my face. Um, you guys know one of those things, right? The beach. The beach will always put a big smile on my face. And a lot of times that's what I start off thinking about. And I usually think about when I went to the beach at nighttime. Um, and I think about just laying there, looking at the stars and hearing the waves crash. And I just try to think about that. I just try to think about that. And as I'm laying there, you know, thoughts may come into my head. I may start thinking about my grocery list and all that. But the key is I'm able to push them away and bring myself back to the place of thinking about the beach. And that's kind of what you're doing. You're trying to um, just train your brain to just be quiet and be still and get rid of all that chatter. Now, it's a meditation and meditation takes practice. And so you may not be able to lay there very long when you first start. Um, you're, and you're not supposed to go to sleep because again, it's a meditation. But I'm gonna tell you, when I first started, I used to fall asleep, <laughs> like literally within five minutes, I would be knocked out sleep. 
And I think I would just be exhausted and in so much stress. And my body was probably like, well, thank God she finally laid down, you know, but I would be like in yoga class. I remember the very, very, very first yoga class um, that I took with Yoga Lynn like 15 years ago, we were in Shavasana. And when I woke up, everybody else was back sitting in the chair, listening to her teach. And I was still laying on the floor by myself because <laughs> I had fallen asleep during Shavasana and she didn't wake me up. <laughs> so um, it, it takes practice, but when you're able to do it, like it's, it's, it feels so good. And you're able to just, you know, lay down and go to sleep and, you know, just relax and go to sleep, not be like, oh, you're just so tired and just want to go through with stress. So anyway, um, I'm able to do it like for 20, 30 minutes now without falling asleep and staying, you know, present with my, my the image of my beach um, scene. So anyway, those are the two things that I do to try to help with my sleep. And then today we have Miss Ann Taylor who's gonna talk to you a little bit more about sleep. Um, we had a conversation a while back, so stand by. Hey caregivers, how are you? I hope you're taking some time to rest and relax and rejuvenate. Um, remember, we can't take care of our, our loved ones if we're not taking care of ourselves. So hoping you're remembering to do that. I'm so excited today. We have another special guest. Um, we have Ann Taylor. She's a nurse and I met her, I think it's been like two years ago now at a national nursing conference. And um, I just, I heard her story and I had to talk to her. So I went to her after the meeting and we talked and kind of kept in touch since then. So I'm gonna read her bio real quick so that you can get to know her also. Um, so she's Ann Taylor, BSN RN, and she was born and educated in Copenhagen, Denmark. Love brought her to the U.S. in 1999. Ann has practiced nursing over 22 years with experience from pre and post-op, surgical recovery, and home health care. In 2010, her outlook on the patient experience changed forever when she went from being a nurse to being a caregiver for her daughter during a mental illness crisis. Ann was introduced to the Danish evidence-based music intervention, MusicCure, which was proven to um, reduce anxiety. And this experience brought her to start Scandic Health, LLC. Her younger daughter was diagnosed in 2017 with a sleep disorder. Currently, Anne is part of the board of directors for the not-for-profit um, not organization, Project Sleep, and enjoys advocating for more sleep research. So let's welcome Anne. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Sandra. Thank you. Yes, I'm, I'm so happy you're here. So um, today's episode, we're going to be talking about um, sleep and self-care. So we're going back to the basics uh, for self-care. And remember, in my opinion, I said that um, self-care has to start with the basics. And ba the basics to me are nutrition, sleep, and exercise. Because if you aren't doing those very well, it's gonna be very difficult for you to um, keep going and maintain your health, maintain your energy to be able to take care of your loved one. So we're gonna be talking about those three things this week. And I, I'm just so excited. I just, I'm really, really happy to share this information to all of you listeners out there. So, and um, let's get started talking about sleep. One of the things I wanna start off is that most people just think, I'm going to sleep. I'm tired. I'm just going to get some rest. 
But there's a whole lot going on when we sleep, a whole lot of, um, you guys, some of you may have heard of the circadian rhythm, but there's a lot of hormonal changes, a lot of biochemistry type stuff going on. So we're not doctors, we're gonna go dig deep into the biochemistry, but there's um, cortisol, there's thing, there are a lot of things going on, which is why it's so important for us to get sleep and not just sleep, but the right amount of sleep and a, um, a good night's sleep. So Anne, can you talk about a little bit more about the, some of the hormonal changes or just some of the things that are going on while we sleep? Absolutely. Actually, the time uh, of the whole 24-hour day where your brain is most busy is actually when you sleep. So that's actually where your brain crunches out and uh, goes through a whole process of what, everything that you experience throughout the day. So if you have a very stressful life, and you are under a lot of stress when you try to go to sleep that's when your body really excretes a lot of the cortisol which is your stress hormone so if you get that over a long period of time it's okay for a very short period of time this is a hormone that's kind of meant to in our body when we were going to run away from the bear if it was coming for us but that kind of fear fight and flight is not healthy if we have that over a prolonged period of time so if you have that over a prolonged period of time, your blood pressure starts going up. You start to get more hungry because your body thinks that, that you're really on the run. You start to be insulin resistant, so you will become pre-diabetic. So all of a sudden, the basic thing of going to sleep becomes crucially important. I've learned that over these last couple of years with my daughter's diagnosis, there is so much more to sleep than I ever learned in nursing school, than I have ever practiced in, in nursing over all these years. So there's so much more that we, that we have to look at. And becoming a caregiver, I realized really how important sleep was for me. Yeah, um, I, I don't do very well with that, but I'm trying to get better with it. <laughs> As far as, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a work in progress too. Yes, yes. I, um, I live in the house with three men and uh, they, my husband and my sons, and they um, like to stay up watching sports or talking about sports. They stay up late, like 12, 1, 2. And a lot of times I get caught up in that and I go to bed, bed really late. And I, I was never really a stay up late person, um, especially when my kids were younger, of course, and when I was working because I had to get up early, but I've gotten into a bad habit. So I'm, I'm trying to back that up. And one of the reasons I'm trying to back that up is because I, um, man, it's probably been 15, 20 years ago, I was working with this naturopath and she told me that, um, the, the, the more hours you go to sleep before midnight, the better it is for your body because of all of the cortisol secretions and all that stuff that's happening at night. And she said, um, she told me that for each hour before midnight, it's almost like getting an extra two hours of sleep um, that your body will like, your body will feel like it's had an extra two hours of sleep. And so I've been, I've been trying to get back to that. Um, and that's where I, when you guys always hear me say, rest, relax, and rejuvenate, that's where I got that from because she always told me, she used to say, rest, rest, um, rescue and rejuvenate because she said that when you sleep, you're rescuing your body from all of the things like you just talked about. You're rescuing your body from all of the things mm -hmm. we've gone through. And that's when our cells rejuvenate is mm -hmm. during this time. And so um, she said, rest, repair, rejuvenate. I say rest, relax, and rejuvenate. But that's where I got that from because she talked about how important sleep is. And so, you know, what can you say about the amount of sleep that we get? You know what? It makes so much sense because, you know, there's been a lot of talk about that 
um, around 10 p.m. That's when we as adults start to excrete the melatonin, which is the hormone that helps us go to sleep, whereas uh, teenagers do it a lot later. That's why a lot of teenagers will go to bed later and then they've had a problem about getting up early to go to school. There's been in a lot of states, I actually think California is one that did, um, they, their high school students started school a little later and it was changed by the governor. I think it was by 8.30 in the morning now, high schoolers in California are going to school versus a lot of states, it was 7.30. So a lot of these teenagers were lacking uh, restorative sleep. So that was what some of the research, I was just thinking about that. Was, that's probably why the doctor started talking about 10, 10 p.m. But it's really, really important to have, to think about sleep just as, as much as we think about exercise and eating healthy and to stay, to keep a schedule, get off your phone half an hour before you go to sleep. There's been so much talk about that blue light, what it does, it just decreases the production of the melatonin. So it takes you so much longer to go to sleep and kind of get your body into a rhythm that, that so the body will know that in the evening, maybe you'll have a cup of herb tea with no caffeine in it. Maybe you'll take a hot bath. Some people like to do a little bit of yoga meditation right in the, in the journal. I like to read a book. It's just different things that just kind of get you into the mood so the body knows. And you'll see, you can train your body actually to start to wind down after a busy day. That will also give you a lot less thoughts because sometimes in the evening, you can just have all these thoughts of what's the next thing that I have to do. As caregivers, we will always have this list in our head that I need to do this, this X, Y, and Z. And I think it kind of forces us to get into the time where we think about ourselves for a little bit. Um, so that's really, really important. My goal is always to get between seven and a half to eight hours of sleep. I have a really hard time functioning if I don't get that. And what I mean that by that is that my temper is short. I will have a headache. I cannot concentrate. I feel I'm running on empty. So for me, sleep is so super, super important. If you can't do any of the other things, then priority-wise sleep. Because if you don't get good sleep, none of the other things in your body is going to work. Mm-hmm. Bad, disrupted sleep will affect absolutely everything in your life. So it, it's the one thing that uh, I really think that everybody needs to focus on. And it can seem so overwhelming. Yeah, I know I have to focus on getting exercise and the right food, and I have to focus on my sleep. But if you just try to maybe one week focus on I'm going to put my phone away before, before I go to sleep, or I'm going to try to this week, try to be in bed by 10 PM. And then maybe the following week, it could be, I'll put the phone away. And then the next week it could be, I try to go to bed at 9:45 or figure out what works for you, but um, just take small steps. I mean, none of us are superhuman and can do everything in one day, but um, I think making a schedule is the best. Yeah. So I, um, our bodies are very smart, you know, um, mm-hmm. there, there's this herbalist, um, Dr. Schultz from American Botanical Pharmacy. He, um, he talks about our bodies are smart and our bodies can heal themselves and our body always knows what it needs. And so um, this same doctor who I worked with, you know, many years ago, she talked about depending on where you were um, in your life would depend on how many hours of sleep you needed. And so mm-hmm. the more stressed or burned out or living such a hyper life, 
when you, if you got sick or if you were trying to come out of that, you would require more hours of sleep. And it's, and it's really true because as you're sitting there talking, I thought about last year. So I retired last year. And one of the things my doctor told me, um, she said, do not turn your alarm clock on. Just allow your body, body to wake up whenever it wants to wake up. And man, those first few months, do you know I was waking up at 10 or 11 o'clock? I was sleeping so late and I can see what is wrong with me, but I get, I was just exhausted. And, but now that I'm thinking about it, like over time, like I wake up between eight and nine now and I didn't, I didn't change anything. Um, I'm still staying up, you know, too late, but um, I think my body is just healing itself from all of that stress and, and the burnout that I was having from work and, mm-hmm. you know, getting up at five o'clock and, and just going to work. But it's like, now that I'm thinking about it, I think my body is healing itself because now I'm requiring a, a regular eight hours of sleep and not like 10 or 12 hours or whatever it was <laughs> I was sleeping. So um, yeah, it's like, as, as I'm getting better, my sleep is getting better. I, I, I think you're so right. And I think you hit it on the nail when you talk about the rest. I also think we have to allow ourselves the space to rest and rest doesn't need to be that you're sleeping. Somehow in our society, we feel that there's this notion that when we're resting, we're lazy mm-hmm. and we're not, we're taking care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So if we have a day or a week or a month where we need to rest, whether you're resting on your couch or on the chair or on the floor, or if it's just that you feel that you are resting, allow that, provide that space for you because we cannot take care of everybody else if we don't take care of ourselves. It's they always talk about, you know, um, when you're on the plane, put the oxygen on yourself before you put it on your children. But when you become a caregiver uh, and you're just providing this space for everybody else, but you tend to forget about yourself. So I think it's just make a mental note every day to give yourself, and maybe even if it's just five minutes, but provide that rest space for for yourself. And that's a, a very, very healthy thing to do. And it's an, an important thing to do. And it's not because you are only thinking about yourself, but um, that's and something I think we need to focus on. I agree. And, and I talk about that a lot in my podcast and in my posts. It's just, even if it's just five minutes, just taking five minutes to be quiet, no music, no radio, like nothing, just letting your brain rest, your brain needs to rest. And I've always been a nap person. I've always loved naps, but interestingly, I I hardly take naps anymore. I, speak, I think it's because I'm just getting some good sleep at night now, yeah. and my stress level is coming down. But um, but I will I will take a nap if I need a nap. You know, I'm not my husband's not a nap person. He he just goes goes goes, and he kind of never understood me wanting to take a nap. But I just I take a nap and and. To me, it's just like how I said, our body knows what it needs and our body wants to heal itself. If, you're, if you feel like you need a nap, it's, there's a reason that your body is wanting mm-hmm. that nap. And we just all really need to get to know our bodies, get to know ourselves. So when it's asking for something or telling you it needs something, that, that we hear it, we listen, and, and then, and then we, we heed to that warning, like, hey, you, know, you, need some, you need a nap, or hey, you need to go to sleep a little bit earlier. So I think um, it's just really important for us to listen to our bodies. And like you oh, said, yeah. not feel like you're being lazy. Just if you need a nap, you need a nap. Or if you need some quiet time, um, just have some quiet time. And it's not like, you know, we have to go into this deep 
time of meditation or anything. Like, you know, I meditate, I do yoga, I do all those things, but I'm, I'm talking about sometimes, you know, we just need to be quiet. And a lot of times at work, especially nurses, you know, we work 12 hour shifts. We're supposed to get mm. two 15 minute breaks and then a 30 minute break. Mm-hmm. I hardly ever know anybody who t- those two nope. 15 minute breaks, like go out the window, yeah. but that's our time to rejuvenate. That's our time to like reset. And, and so I just want to encourage any nurses out there who may be listening or, or and caregivers too, like those little breaks are so important. And, and five minutes can, does not sound like a lot, but just sitting somewhere quietly by yourself and just taking that time out to just breathe and let your brain relax. It's, it's huge. It can, it will, it will make a big difference in your day. And, but we just, we have to do it. We have to take that break. We have to take time to take that break. So that's right. Imagine if you said, Oh, I'm just going to go and lower my cortisol for, for 10 minutes and I'll be right back. Mm. Yeah. If we look at it like that. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, might might be helpful. Yeah. Well, my next question for you, we kind of already talked about, um, and we, we had a psychiatric pharmacist on the show back in, I think, November, and no, it was, it was last year sometime, but one, you know, we had, I had people send in questions, and one of the question, questions was, they were asking, what medications can I take if, if I have trouble going to sleep? But she said, more so the medication, you need to look at your sleep hygiene. And Anne already talked about that for all of you listeners out there. She, you know, she talked about turning your phone off, like the blue screen. So it's not just your phone, the computer, the computer and the cell phone, you know, this blue screen, turn those off. Um, I've heard anywhere from one hour to two hours before you go to bed. And um, so that, and that's what the pharmacist meant when she spoke about sleep hygiene. What are you doing? You know, don't have a TV in your bedroom. My husband and I did that many years ago. Um, I remember we went to some class and they talked about it many years ago. So we haven't had a TV in our bedroom for many, many years. And um, because they said, if you're having trouble sleeping, you have to train your brain to know that this room is to sleep. This room is not, you know, for TV or eating or all of those things. Because for some people who have trouble sleeping, like that, that's, a, that's a type of sleep hygiene that you have to have. Um, and I mean, not everyone, every, some people do just fine with the TV in their room. But if you're, if you have trouble sleeping, that's one of the things you can try doing is remove the TV from your room. And then, yeah, not watching scary movies before you go to bed, you know, someone said, well, then what am I supposed to do? <laughs> it's funny, like we've gotten to that point, right, that we don't know what to do without our computer and without our TVs and phone, but, you know, read a book, listen to some calm music. Um, but you know what I would also say, because uh, as you read in my bio, I have been my daughter's caregiver now for the last couple of years with her sleep disorder, is that very few no, not very few. There are not many family physicians that know about sleep disorders. So the very first thing, if you feel you have anything that's, that's uh, sleep related, very often in children, it will actually not show up as a sleep disorder. It will highly likely most show up as a mood disorder, anything within behavioral health. That's actually an underlying sleep disorder. My daughter's uh, sleep apnea, she never snored. As a nurse, I was used to the the classic uh, overweight snoring patient. But my daughter actually had sleep apnea. So what I would highly recommend, if you have any kind of sleep issues, go to your primary, ask for a sleep study. Get sleep apnea ruled out of the way. And if there's something else that they see on that sleep study, then they can find out if you have a sleep disorder. Very often, 
for, di for a diagnosis like narcolepsy, it takes between eight to 15 years to get the correct diagnosis. Wow. And the more that I've done of advocacy and I've met so many people now that live with all different kinds of sleep disorders, they are so underdiagnosed. And my heart is breaking thinking about how many children that are labeled with behavior issues, psychiatric diagnoses, uh, lazy, not wanting to concentrate, and they probably have an underlying sleep disorder. Mm. So by the time they become adults, they'll probably have multiple other diagnoses. So the best thing I can say is all that we had all this great advice, but if you have anything where you feel that you can't sleep, whether it's insomnia or if the person you share a bed with tells you that you snore, if you feel tired when you wake up in the morning, if you fall asleep in the middle of the day, go to your doctor and ask for a sleep study. It's pain free. Mm -hmm. um, but it's so much better to find out what's going on because all these other comorbidities are going to uh, pile up on top. And um, especially if there's if the doctors are just giving sleeping pills instead of trying to find out why. The, but not a lot of doctors why. know a lot know a lot about sleep disorders. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, some pulmonologists will be specialists, some ENTs, sometimes a cardiologist, and sometimes they will be a specialist in sleep medicine. Mm -hmm. But um, it's something that's not talked a lot about. Uh, I don't recall ever really in healthcare. Uh, during an assessment asking a patient, how do you sleep? And most people will say, oh, I sleep okay. Um, I'll sleep for eight hours, but I wake up and I'm actually really tired. Well, that tells us that something is wrong, that, that you actually are not getting the quality of sleep that you need. Right. I think it's because we think of sleeping as I pass out and then I just lay on my pillow and mm -hmm. then I push mm -hmm. myself and go to work the next day. It's different, of course, for the ones that have insomnia and can't fall asleep, but, but all these other sleep disorders will look like you're fully asleep, but you're not. Yeah, that's, that's interesting that you're saying that because now that I'm thinking about it, most of, the, most of the things that I know about sleep, I found out either from a naturopath or just from my own reading. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's really interesting. That, that, that may be something that we need to advocate for. Well, I guess you are doing that with... Um, Project Sleep, you, you know, advocating for that because even um, even recently, I, um, I my husband and I were just talking about that this morning. We were talking about how as you get older, it's it's so hard to um, excuse me, it's so hard to lose weight. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, we're like we're trying so hard to be healthy, mm -hmm. and it's like there's nothing changing. And and I told him, I said, well, you know, about a year ago, I read that. Um, there's a doctor in Toronto and he's doing this big study on obesity. And he, and he said, um, and, and then as I start talking to a, a few other people about it, other people know about it, but it says in there that um, that big fat tummy you have, it can be caused from a lot of different things. But one of the reasons is lack of sleep or going to bed too late. And it all boils back to the cortisol, which you were talking about, because yeah. during the night, if we're excreting too much cortisol, cortisol causes fat around your, your stomach. And so no one, who would think that being overweight or having fat around your middle connected to sleep, mm -hmm. but it could be one reason that, you know, that's just one of the reasons. And so yeah. there's a lot of, I, I'm glad that you're, um, that there is something called Project Sleep. And I'm hoping just like with mental illness, that the conversation would, will um, be more out there because um, there's a whole lot more going on than just laying down, yes. going to sleep, thinking you're just, mm -hmm. you know, getting a good night's sleep. There's a, 
there's a lot and um, apparently from what you're saying and then this whole thing with this diabetes and the fat around your middle, there's, there are a lot of things, a lot of um, health reasons to get a lot, um, to get sleep more than just what people, you know, thought it was. Yeah. Just waking up tired. Well, it could be affecting a whole lot more than that. That's the thing. So when you, when you don't get good sleep, it affects absolutely everything else that you do. And no one, I'm sure the average person does not think that. So for all of you caregivers out there, you're getting some special information out, you know, from Anne. So, you know, take heed to that, make sure you're getting rest. And, and like she said, if you're having trouble, ask for help from your, from your doctor. But I'm just going to say, I didn't know how to ask for help because I didn't know. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and even as a nurse, I feel terrible later now that it took, my daughter was lucky. It only took her three years to get diagnosed. But looking back, I feel, why didn't I notice these things? Why didn't I know? I'm a nurse. I should know at least a little something, but I didn't. It makes me wonder about my son now. My oldest son, um, I used to feel so bad for him at, at, when, he, when, when he was younger. He would, you know, I would tell them, go to bed. They had a, a bedtime and all that. But literally three hours later, he would just be laying there staring at the ceiling. He just could not go to sleep. And to this day, he struggles because he still can't go to sleep. But then during the day, he, he, you know, he's tired, you know, when mm -hmm. he's at work and stuff. And I should, I should tell him about our conversation. I'll have him look at this, uh, look at this uh, YouTube. So my last question for you is, is basically, I mean, we've kind of talked about most of it, but I just want to wrap it all up and just what does sleep have to do with self-care? And we've kind of, we've kind of talked about it, but just as a summary, what would you like to say to caregivers out there? Um, we, we've talked about it and hopefully they've listened, but just what would your final... Well, you know what, to all other caregivers, I want to send you a big hug and just let you know that you're not alone. And then I want to tell you, I have this love-hate relationship with the word self-care because I think it's been used so much and there's so many, many times where self-care is used as uh, it's supposed to be a massage or a pedicure or that you go and spend money on something. Whereas I really look as, at self-care as a basic human need. And so it's a basic thing as getting food in my tummy today, fresh air, um, getting, getting my good sleep, making sure my clothes is clean and then that my house is clean. Basic, basic things that makes me feel good before I can add on all this other good stuff. Of course, who doesn't want a massage and a pedicure, but especially this past year uh, during this pandemic and it's this word self-care has been kind of thrown out there so much remember to do some self-care it really goes back to the basics get your eight hours of sleep get your healthy food and get some fresh air it, that's that's my best advice so i love it um and did not know that I was doing this theme of Back to the Basics this month. So, I mean, that just goes, that is totally in line with what, I, what I'm um, talking about this month and, and hoping that people will understand. And, and, you know, my audience is caregivers and I'm speaking to caregivers, but really this information is good for anyone. It's, you know, anyone can, can this, this information be useful to anyone, especially because everyone has been hit by this pandemic. They have been affected in some kind of way, everyone's been affected in some kind of way, whether you were sick or had a loved one pass away or lost your job or just been stuck in the house, whatever it is. And so um, 
taking advantage of this time to, to go back to the basics, to pay mm -hmm. attention to what you're eating, to pay attention if you're getting sleep. Um, and, you know, I, I have been doing a lot more of just taking some time to go sit outside in the backyard and get sun. You know, it's like we all have um, I live in California. We have beautiful weather all the time. And a lot of times people don't even go outside and enjoy it because we're, we're just so used to going, 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 working, 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 just doing all these things. And um, I have been really paying attention to enjoying each moment and enjoying the basic things in life. And it has made a, a huge difference in my outlook and, mm -hmm. um, and in my health. And I just sit in outside. Sometimes I just sit and stare at the sky. I, I literally just sit and just stare because I just, um, I realized that I was just going, going, going and so busy and just not paying attention to just regular basic everyday things that we, yeah. that we can enjoy for free. We don't have to go out and spend any money yeah. to go sit outside, you know? And so um, I, I really appreciate what you just said because it is totally in line and, and what, where my heart is right now, what I want to share with, with everyone um, right now. So I, I thank you for that. I really thank you. You're so, so welcome. Thank so, you for having me. You are welcome. And I hope you can come back because I would love yeah. to hear about um, Music Cure. I think mm -hmm. the caregivers would love to hear about that too. Um, so, you know, hopefully you can come back and, and talk to us about sure. that. I'd love to. <laughs> Excuse me, I have to take some water. I'm drinking water and tea because my talk, 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 my throat gets dry. Oh, yeah. Well, um, that's it. Unless you have some final words or if you have something you want to promote or or anything, that's that's all I have for you today. I don't have any more questions unless there's something that you want to share. No, I just want to say thank you so much, Sandra, for having me. And I hope everybody will get a good night's sleep tonight. And mm -hmm. if you have any sleep issues, go to your doctor and ask for a sleep study. <laughs> awesome. I'm, I'm really going to have my son uh, listen to this. Um, yeah. he's out, of, out in Miami right now for work. So, um, uh -oh. as soon as he gets back, I'm going to have him because, because now I'm really starting to wonder <laughs> now since you say all that, because it, it's been going on since he was little, I'm really going to have him yeah. check that out. Yeah. It, and that's not an abnormal story. I'll, I'll tell you with all this advocacy I've been doing, I've been to Capitol Hill twice to advocate for more sleep research. And just mm -hmm. the sentence that you just said is what I've heard so many say. And that's just too many years to walk around with a, an underlying issue that can actually be at least allevi alleviated somewhat so you could get a better life quality. Yeah. 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 All right. Thank you so much, Sandra. All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you, caregivers. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. You can find Sandra on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Caregivers Haven. If you enjoyed listening to Caregiver Saving Podcast, please share, subscribe, follow, and favorite.